Welcome to the dark side of travel. So you've dared to come jaunt with me. Thank you. Let me introduce myself. I'm Courtney Maroc, ambassador of dark and paranormal tourism for Haunt Jaunts, a destination for restless spirits who dig hauntings, true crime, horror, Halloween, and weird days. I'll be your host and guide for this listening adventure. Looks like we've been cleared for takeoff, so buckle up, sit back, and enjoy the ride. Hey everybody, I'm really excited because today, I, I don't know how this happened, how he said yes, I was really, I, I just went out on a limb and said, Mr. Taylor, would you have some time to talk to me? And he was like, well, I don't know. And then he wrote back, he goes, you know, I think maybe I could make this time work. Can you do that? And I said, yes. So without further ado, welcome Troy Taylor from American Hauntings. I'm so excited to talk to him because I saw his thing about Cabinet of Curiosities for Haunted Hotels. I don't know if I have that part of it right. But... Uh, cl- you're close. Okay. So <laughs> close, here enough. <laughs> close enough. I- I've probably given it 12 different titles and the different times I've talked about it too. And then I have to like, look at the cover. Cause um, you know, I'll be honest with you. The cover says one thing and the cover page inside says another for the oh! subtitle. So don't tell anyone that that's a secret, <laughs> but I noticed it after the books arrived. I'm like, oops. <laughs> so yeah, I think I messed that up. But, well, I oh just well. today bought the Kindle because I, okay, so it officially says Cabinet of Curiosities for 20 Keys from Haunted Hotel yes. Room. And yes. that's what sold me. I mean, the Haunted Hotel Rooms, would it, that's like what stuck. But the, how you put 20 keys, I love that. And Congress Hotel is front and center. I mean, right that on the is, cover. Yeah, 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 so that is amazing. So what? Well, you know, I started this series a few years ago, um, and I'll be honest with you, I had bought a book. I was in like, I don't know, Barnes and Noble or something one day, and I picked up a book, and I don't remember the exact title, but it was something like um, the Civil War told through 50 objects, you know, and it was all these different things that told separate stories all related to the Civil War, and I thought, that is such a cool idea. And, and since then, I've seen a, a few other variations of that, you know, American history through 100 objects, things like that. And I thought, you know, I could do something like that for, you know, the supernatural, too. So I did the first book, which was just Cabinet of Curiosities, and it was um, the story of uh, America's oh – God, see, you, I, I'm terrible with subtitles. And it's something about <laughs> – 20 objects in supernatural history and oh. the stories behind the 20 objects. And, and it told the story from the very beginning, like from the Fox sisters all the way up to like, you know, something from Amityville, that kind of thing, Ooh. all these different objects. And that was the first book. And it, it did, it, it would, it took off, it did really well. And so I did another one, which was 20 uh, objects that tell the story of America and the unexplained. And that was everything from, you know, Fiji mermaids to Bigfoot tracks to, you know, bolts from the Silver Bridge and the Mothman story. All that stuff was all just kind of oddball, unusual things. And then I did a third one, which was objects from haunted um, hospitals, asylums and prisons. 
And it was various things that were related to certain, you know, locations that were had ghost stories attached to them. And then these objects. So it's not really these aren't books about haunted objects. They're really about places, but they're the objects that tell the story. And so this one I used, you know, this one's a little more generic in, you know, object wise, because it's 20 keys to doors in 20 haunted hotels. And Ooh. so that was the way I wanted to do this one. I just thought this one would be kind of fun. And it's it's done really well. And people have been excited about it because, I mean, some of my choices were, you know, what you would expect. You know, the Stanley Hotel and the, you know, the Bullock Hotel and and places like that, the Crescent Hotel. So, but then I, I think a lot of them are a little more off the wall than that. And a lot of them feature, I mean, I've been to every hotel on the list except for the Hotel Chelsea in New York, because they haven't been, you know, allowing people to stay there for quite a while, even though supposedly they were going to open it back up. They still haven't. But everything else in here I have, you know, have been to or have stayed at. And these are all places that, you know, not all of them have I had personal experiences in. But when I do, I have always included that in the book. And so I've tried to make it. I mean, this is probably the most travel based of any part of the series. You know, anything that I've done so far in this series uh, but it was a lot of fun to do. I have to admit, um, every once in a while I write a book where I, you know, am, I'm ready to be done by the time it's over. And usually <laughs> those are the, well, really, really seriously. And the reason why is because usually they're the most like depressing ones, oh. you know, they're like about child murders oh. and the ghost stories associated with them or a particular case that was you know, really heinous. Um, I think one of the most depressing books I ever wrote was one about Marion Parker, a little girl who was kidnapped and and dismembered uh, in LA in the late twenties. And, you know, when her father went to pick her up to pay the ransom, he was given her back in pieces. I mean, it was just, it's an awful, awful story, but it's a fascinating case because it changed a lot of things in California history and the insanity plea and all kinds of stuff. But Anyway, enough of that. But my point is, is that it was a super depressing book to write. So by the time I was done, I'm a little wrung out and ready to be done. But then there are other books that I enjoy writing so much that I hate for them to be over. So when I got to the end, the the last key in the in the 20 keys, it's like, maybe I should do 25 or maybe I should do 30, you know, but all of the other ones had been 20. So I thought I'd better stick with the theme. But it was a fun book to write, and um, I, I really um, have enjoyed it. And I, I tried to make it a really in-depth history of these places rather than just make it a travel book. I didn't want it to be that. Yeah, um, you're really good at doing that. You draw things out. You're not just a standard what you would expect. You you go and delve into things that I was like, I don't even know how you found that, but wow, I mean, you're well, amazing. you know, the, the history of it is so important. The history of anything that I write is so important because, you know, it, when you're talking about haunted hotels, you need to know why it's haunted. It can't just be, oh, look, this guy used to own this place. That's probably his ghost. No, I really want to, I really want to dig. Um, when I did the Congress Hotel, and what was funny about this, and the Congress in particular, was what I really what got me excited about this book is because there really hasn't been an in-depth history written about this hotel ever. Oh. I mean, it's been in a few books, you know, as far as a couple of architecture things. It's been in a couple of ghost books, and there'll be a kind of a brief history of it, but never a full-length history. And I thought, 
As it turned out, I probably could have written a book just about the Congress, but oh. I, I don't know who would have bought it. Oh. It would have been one of those things. Who's going to buy that? No one. So it, it needed to be included in this book, but it's a very long chapter because I really dug into every archive I could. And I believe, I'm pretty sure that I have documented every single suicide that has taken place and murder that's oh. taken place in this hotel. And you would not believe how many there are. <laughs> I mean, oh this is, I mean, you know, we hear that all the time about, you know, hotels and why they're haunted. Well, you know, because someone died there or someone committed suicide there. And look, here's, here's a couple of people in the last, you know, 50 years that, that killed themselves in this hotel. But in this particular case, the Congress, there are dozens, I mean, dozens of people who either died in the hotel while attempting suicide or, you know, made it to the hospital but still died. Oh. Uh, there are people who have jumped from the windows. Uh, there have been murders taking place there. I mean, this is a place that has seen a tremendous amount of history, especially since it's like 120 years old. I mean, it's not like this ancient hotel. It's not like we're talking about England here or something. You know, we're talking about Chicago, and it's not that old of a hotel. I mean, considered, you know, speaking on a national level, but it's seen a lot of activity. So it's not surprising that it is, I think, one of the most haunted hotels in the country, if not the most haunted hotel in the country. I agree. I, I, I'm i fascinated. Like, I always love to go up to Chicago because I haven't stayed at the Congress yet because it doesn't get super good reviews. No, um, I know. I know. But <laughs> maybe that's why. Who yeah. knows? No. <laughs> I don't it's know. a great we we go there. I go there a lot to like to the to the to the bar. They have a really oh. nice lounge there and stuff. We we use it a lot on our weird Chicago tour. We go to the Congress a lot and tell the stories and you know, it's connected to just about every one of our tours because you know, you've got gangsters that stayed there, gangsters that died there. You've got regular people that died there to haunt the place. And there's, you know, it was built specifically to cater to people who came to, you know, Chicago for the 1893 World's Fair. So it's got so much history behind it. But yeah, no, I know, I know exactly what you're saying, though. Yeah, <laughs> but I really want to because it's like there's so much out there that it's scary. And there's, I think, one room I don't. Unfortunately, I don't know that you might know, and you it might varies. even know if this is true or not. It, yeah, that's the but problem. Is, <laughs> is one room um, actually locked because of all the activity? Well, that's that's sort of an urban legend. Okay. Um, there, there are, is a reason why the room was closed. It wasn't because it was so haunted, but it sure made a good story. Um, <laughs> there were there were other issues that were involved with that, but that that legend has sort of grown. Uh, but I mean. You know, it's it's one of those places I tell people, if you really want to stay in a haunted hotel, stay there at least once. You know, even if it's just one time, stay there. And then, I mean, you can roam that place all you want to, all night long, if that's what you want to do. Oh, and you never know what will happen. You know, you no, just don't. You, you know. don't know. So I did get a stay at the Drake Hotel, but I didn't see anything. Did you see the lady in black? No. no. Or yeah. the lady in red. I didn't see yeah. any ladies. Well, yeah, but... she's got multiple outfits. <laughs> that, yes. that story is... That's another one of those stories is a little bit tough to pin down exactly. You know, I mean, a lot of hotels are that way, I've discovered. Um, I wrote about the, um, uh, shoot, the Seelbach Hotel in Louisville, Kentucky. And it's got a woman who supposedly haunts, you know, the elevator shaft. And people have seen her near the elevator shaft or in the elevator and that kind of thing. And there was a really great legend 
about this woman, which turned out to be completely untrue. She did oh. die. Don't get me wrong. She did die. But the story behind it, none of it was true. And she was a real person. And this wasn't just a, you know, this mysterious woman in black and nobody knew who she was. No, we, they know exactly who she is. And there's a, a whole big section in the book that I delve into who she was and how she ended up dying at the hotel. And so it's it's just one of those stories that, you know, you know, these stories, these legends that you often hear, especially with haunted hotels and places like that. Once you start digging into them, maybe they won't be true. But nine times out of 10, you'll find that there's a kernel of truth to these stories and they got started for a reason. And so it's just a matter of finding the reason. And then beyond that, I like to go and find out the real reason, not necessarily just the, the legend. I want to know what really happened, you know, in the story. And that I think is more fun writing than anything else is getting to dig into these stories and getting to dig into, you know, why these legends got started in the first place. What was the real story? Who were the real people? And uh, that's what I tried to do. I mean, I try to do that with anything I write, but that's why this isn't just a travel guide, you know. Oh, I love it. Yeah. That's that for me as a reader um, and, you know, jaunting all over looking for Honda is more yeah. fun for me to find the, the or, or, you know, if somebody like yourself brings it to the forefront, like, oh, that's very interesting because you're right. There's always some little something that sparked it that's probably true. And then who knows? It's like the telephone game. <laughs> oh, yeah, starts exactly. One way yeah. And- they get told and retold so many times over the yes. years that, you know, the stories just lose all semblance of reality. Yes. Um, but 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 yet they were started for a reason. If you can dig back far enough, you can find out why they got started, you know, and find out what's really going on. That's I think, honestly, that's what makes it fun. It really that's does. Awesome. And um, do you happen to have uh, the Jekyll Island Club Hotel? I do not. Johnny See, there. that's why there should have been more keys. More so. keys, no. But it's funny that you, when you said keys, and I didn't really think about, but we just came back from staying there because that was somewhere else I'd always wanted to stay. And they, they handed us keys. like Yeah, actual keys. Yeah, yeah that cool? I was like, yeah. when have I ever seen the, like, <laughs> I, I know. I know. <laughs> yeah, that's how it was at the Crescent too. When we were down there, we've been down there quite a few times. But they give you a key with a you know a gold you know number on it and everything, and it's like, wow, this is <laughs> this is really cool. It's I love gold. having I love having a key instead of a, a key card. Or that's and now you don't even have to. Sometimes you stay at a place you don't even have to slide it into the slot anymore. Yeah, you just, just wave it around by the thing yeah. and it unlocks, and it's like. I don't know how I feel about this, uh, yeah, but you know, I've always had a phobia about. <laughs> I've got several actually, but I've got I always had a phobia about hotels with doors that open to the outside. Do you know what I'm talking about? Like no. motels, like oh, motor oh, lodges. Motels. Okay, yeah. Yeah, and so you know, if you've got, and they they always want it. They they nine times out of ten just hand you a key, and um, I don't know why where that got started. Probably when I was a kid, and I, I probably saw a movie. Or something, you know, <laughs> where there was somebody was staying in a motel and, you know, something terrible happened. But oh, no. I've always liked the doors that open on the inside rather than the outside. But it seems like motels always seem to have those, you know, real keys. And I maybe that's where I got it into my head that that makes the place scarier. Oh. So I don't know. That's all I can think of. Because you never know. There's like anybody could just walk like right. they don't have right. to stay there. Yeah. But it's. it's 
It's too many movies. That's I'm so convinced. Funny. I've watched too many horror films. So. That's, but I was, it's so good you asked because I was going to add, that was funny. I was like, I'm bringing up this key thing. It's like, do any of the hotels have actual real keys with you? And you're like, yes, as a matter. So now I have to go stay at the Crescent because that's another yeah. one I've not yeah. been to yeah, yet. There's, there's quite a few on, on the list in the book. As you're, as you're reading through it, you said you had the Kindles. You're reading through it. There's quite a few of them that still have real keys because most of the ones I think everything I picked has some age to it. You know, some of them were quite a bit older, but there are a few that have been updated over the years and, you know, and, and changed so that they're not, you know, quite as old in every way, like with keys as they used to be. But a lot of them, though, they still have the, they still have the regular keys. I'm sure that I'm 99% sure the Bullock Hotel does, mm-hmm. and that was one I included from Deadwood. Um, Monte Vista does, I'm pretty sure. The Copper Queen. Oh, I know the Copper Queen in Bisbee also has real keys, Ooh. and that's that's a great place to stay. Um, the Copper Queen, and it's not one of those places you would call like you know that the, there's so much activity. That, you know, like the Congress is tons and tons of activity where one, the Copper Queen is a little different. It's just had so much history and so many things that have happened. And there have been enough sightings and enough encounters that have gone on there that it it definitely made the list. Plus, I just love Bisbee. If you've never been to Bisbee, Arizona, you've got to go. It is the coolest little town. And it's one of my favorite places, one of my favorite towns in the country to go and visit. You know, it is in the middle of nowhere. I mean, it's really about as far away from civilization as you can go. But it is such a cool little town. And the Copper Queen is, is I highly recommend if you ever get a chance to get out there. Yeah, it's we used to live in um, Arizona, so oh, we'd go okay. down to Bisbee yeah. every, but we never got to stay. We we couldn't afford it back then to stay there. So now that's my other, I'm like, I want to go back and stay. <laughs> yeah. and, and yeah. just to revisit, because you're right, Bisbee's awesome. It's yeah, just it's so such eclectic a cool little and town. cool. It and is. It is. Nice. You know, they always say, you know, after the mines left, uh, and this is, and I've seen this quote multiple times, after the mines left, all the, uh, the hippies, weirdos, and artists moved in. And I thought, well, that's right up my alley. <laughs> you know, so that must be why I love that place so much. But yeah, it's such a cool town. <laughs> that's awesome. And um, what about the the Hawthorne Hotel? Any interesting up in Salem? Yeah, I mean, there's, yeah, it, it has some stories. I included it in the book, um, again, because it has, you know, an interesting history. Um, you can tie in pretty much everything that happened in Salem and Salem Village around the Hawthorne, even though it didn't exist at the time, say the witch trials took place. But, you know, I mean, even the the Hawthorne name it connected was one of the judges in the trials was Nathaniel Nathaniel. Hawthorne. Yeah. Yeah, his, his, you know, his ancestor was one of the judges. So you've got a a lot of uh, neat connections in town. Um, it's also it's also part of when I was a kid, one of my favorite reruns to watch in the afternoon was always bewitched. bewitched. I always loved bewitched. And they did uh, they did a couple of episodes in Salem. Um, it was like Samantha's bad day or something like that. Ah! And they actually filmed at the Hawthorne. Um, oh! So it, it's in the show. Um, and but yeah, it does. It does have its ghost stories and stuff, too. And so, yeah, I had to include it if for no other reason than that. I got to talk about bewitched ah! <laughs> for a page. You know, so that was that was a fun part of it for me. 
<laughs> that's really cool. I didn't realize that um, yeah, yeah. that it had been. I knew that there had been a couple of episodes of Bewitched, there, but I didn't even realize. Yeah, about the that. the cast the uh, the cast and crew stayed at the Hawthorne, and oh. while they were there, um, Elizabeth Montgomery actually had an encounter with a ghost near the elevator that appears in the episode of Bewitched. Um, she actually had an, an encounter, a ghostly encounter, while she was there, which I thought was interesting. So that's a cool yeah. something that that's a cool little t- and that's in the book too, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, this yeah, book, yeah. I'm so excited to read it. <laughs> I, I I was just when I saw it on Instagram. I think I'm pretty. Yeah, actually, I know that's because that, that's where I saved. You know how you can save posts oh, yeah, or yeah. whatever. Sure. So I sure. saved it, and I was like, oh, that's when I caught. I was like, I've just got to ask him because <laughs> I've been wanting to, anyways. But then uh, hotel rooms, because I think one of my first experiences as adult as an adult <laughs> was in a hotel room and oh, really? um, yeah I was in uh um Salt Lake City at the Shiloh Inn I don't know what it's called now I think it might have changed names but it was downtown and I thought there were ghosts giggling in the drawers I was sleeping and I was like why <laughs> oh children I thought it was children yeah, yeah. not even ghosts so I, I right. got up and I'm like why are there children in my room and why are they giggling like what is happening why are they in the drawers like <laughs> and I just thought I was asleep but then when I got back to Phoenix um, I was there for business and I, I was talking to one of my coworkers. like oh yeah that's the hotel where the lady um threw her seven children out of the windows and committed suicide and I was like what oh. And so then I went back. I actually I didn't look it up then because I just was like, "What is? I don't even know what." The, and I didn't even think ghosts at the time when I was there. Right, so right. then, as I started the haunt jaunts, it all fell together, and really that did happen. And one of her children survived actually, but was crippled. Um, wow, that's crazy. It was crazy. So that was a very. But so that's kind of what started. Like I'm yeah, like, oh, I like haunted right. hotels. Right, right, right. Well, yeah. I mean, you know, the in the hotel thing is, I mean, right up your alley with haunt jaunts. Yeah, you know, travel. it's it's your travel stuff. That's what you do. So that's yeah. It, it when you asked me about it, about doing it, and I think initially I. I wasn't even you. You made me sound very nice when I with my <laughs> reply. I actually said, "Listen, I, I got enough trouble keeping up with my own podcast." I think is what I said. But then I thought, you know what? I I always like following your page, and so I'm like, "Yeah, I'm gonna do this. This is what she does. I should don't don't be such a jerk, you know." So well, I I probably didn't say that to myself, but probably Lisa said to me, "Don't be such a jerk." No, no I. You know, but I think I came back pretty quick and said, oh, yeah, let's just set it up. So you did. You came like right back. And I thought, oh, OK. And I didn't think you were a jerk. I thought, well, you know, maybe I should start saying stuff. Maybe I get more done. Like, because you get a lot done. Like, well, you know, wow. and, well, yeah, but it's my it's my full time thing. You know, people who got how many how many books have you written? And I say, you know, I say and they say, how do you even do that? And I go, well, it's my job. I mean, this is what I do like 10 hours a day. And sometimes more than that, if I've got some, I've got to speak somewhere and I've got an event going on or something. So, you know, that's how I get so much stuff done. And believe me, if you were here in the office, you would understand not all of that is work time. <laughs> there's a, there's a lot of goofing off that goes on around here. I will tell you that too. So oh don't, God. don't give me too much credit there. <laughs> no, but I know a lot of it has to, so that makes me feel better because I was actually gonna say now how many books do you have <laughs> like how many do you release a year like do you aim for you know it varies no 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 it varies um 
you know, I, uh, I've been lately, I've done a couple of revisions of some of my older books that have really gotten outdated that needed to be updated, but I didn't want to take them out of print. So, I mean, I don't, I try not to count those, but usually, I don't know, I do three or four a year usually. Um, but I just, I do it because I really like it. You know, it's not like I'm just trying to rack up as many numbers as I can. I just enjoy what I do. And I have, I'm lucky enough to be able to just write about what I want to write about, you know, what I'm interested in. That's what I get to write. So that's fun. I mean, it's not, it's not like a job, you know, I just got done telling you, Oh, this is my job. But you know, when you're doing what you just really want to do, it's not, it's not, it's not like work. It's not, it's not really a job. It's just fun. And this is what I like doing. I'm right in the middle of another pro I'm always in the middle of a project, but um, that that's the other thing that I have to make people understand. I've usually got several projects going at the same time. I'm not writing them, but I may be writing one while I'm researching another, and then I will write that one next. Oh my so God, I so just, you do double down like that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I usually I'll have a, I usually keep a list of things I want to look into and maybe write about. And then um, when I get serious about one, I'll start doing a lot of research on it. And then while I'm working on another project, because then that keeps me, you know, it, it breaks up. You're not doing just one thing. You know what I mean? So oh, you can wow. do a couple of things at the same time. So right now I'm writing. Uh, I mean, the, I've been researching for a while and now I'm writing a book about American um, cults and messiahs Ooh. and crazy stuff. You know, just it's not really I mean, it's certainly not a ghost book, but it is um it, it delves into the supernatural and the paranormal quite a bit, uh, but it's it's just a it's a book I've been threatening to write for years, <laughs> and so I did I had done a lot of research on it and I did some more and so it's in the writing stages now. Um, it'll probably be out in the spring sometime later in the spring. So wow! And how long does it take you from like? the research to the writing depends on how long the book is. Oh. I mean, it's some, some things are a little shorter than others. I mean, you know, it just, there's only so much story you can tell about a single case. Um, you know, okay, let's, let's say this, the, the hotel book, you know, I had researched and a lot of the research was done years ago, but I did a lot of research on it. Um, it took me, I don't know, maybe a month and a half to write something mm. like that. So it just depends. It just depends on what else is going on. Um, so, you know, if it's October, oh gosh. I'm not getting a lot of writing done. No. But, you know, any other time, especially in the winter, I get a lot of writing done. Oh. That's why I usually have books that come out like in the spring and in the summer, because that's when I get a lot of writing done. Over oh, the you can month. be most productive. And yeah. what about your... Um... Uh, conference. Are you going to do that in 2020? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, we've got that coming up in June. Um, tickets go on sale in January, Ooh. January 6th, I believe. So, uh, but yeah, the, the conference, this is our 24th year. Holy crap. Um, I don't get, yeah, I don't get a lot of writing done right around the conference. There's just too many things going. But oh, after 24 years, um, it, it, it really kind of puts its, oh, I shouldn't say that. Lisa will kill me if I say it puts <laughs> itself together because she really does most of the work. On oh! it. Um, so, but it, I mean, we, we have a set way of doing things that we can put it together into a pattern. Once we have all of our speakers and things nailed down, then it's just a matter of 
making sure all of our ducks are in a row, you know. Oh, kind of uh, like a template. I get yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. But and it is a lot of fun. And, I mean, next year, the year after, 2021, we're going to have to come up with something special because it's oh. our 25th anniversary. Oh. So, I know. So, anyway, it, it is it, that is a lot of fun. That That's the one weekend I think I look forward to more than just about any other throughout the year. You know, we get to get together with people we don't get to see very often and a lot of new people every year. But, you know, we have friends that this may be the only time we see them all year. You uh-huh. know, so it's they come from people come from all over the country because we're right in the middle. It makes it easy. And it's a lot of fun. It's a oh, it's a really fun event. I want to come so bad. I when I was doing um, uh, Paramania Radio, Sarah, I always say her name wrong. She had, yeah, that's yeah. it. Um, she's like, you really need to go do this. And I'm like, I want to, but we were going sites always at doggone weekend. We're gone somewhere. So. <laughs> That's what you said. You said that this year somebody was getting married. Yeah. I yeah. Like, I saw, heck? Yeah, you should have consulted with me first. <laughs> well, maybe next year. So yeah, we'll, you know, that's what I'm it's always, about. but I will tell you, it's always the same weekend. It's always the last full weekend in June. So there you go. You'll oh. always know that that's when it'll be. So. Gonna time, if you're, I'm going to get up there. I'm, it's going to happen, and <laughs> hopefully 2020 will be the year. But, yeah. well, I don't want to keep, because I said I will respect your time, and it's been just about a half an hour. All so. right. All right. Well, so, thanks for having me on. This was fun. So I it was, it was fun to talk to you. you enough, and I'm, I'll, I'll get this all put up. I'm going to read your book. I have to steal it from my skeleton, but I'm so excited. <laughs> <laughs> that um thank you for doing this really oh, I sure appreciate sure. it no, so much. it was fun oh it was thank fun. you and i hope you have a good um holiday season you too you <laughs> too you. all right well take okay. care thank all you. right we'll stay you in touch you. okay we'll all do right you too. okay, okay. bye bye been listening to Haunt Johns, a podcast for restless spirits. My name is Courtney Maroc, and it's been my pleasure to be your host and guide for this journey. I snagged the music, Phantom from Space, from Kevin McLeod at Incompetech. If you'd like to continue exploring beyond the podcast, jaunt with me online anytime at hauntjaunts.net. Or if you liked what you heard, be sure to subscribe to Haunt Jaunts wherever you get your podcasts from. You can also jaunt with me socially on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter. You'll find links to all of Haunt Jaunts social media on the website, as well as a player on the podcast page with all of the episodes. Thank you so much for tuning in. Until our paths cross again, ciao for now.